<laughs> What's up? Hello from Rotterdam. Where's everybody else at the moment? I'm in London. Uh, Berlin. And Portugal. Nice one. Yeah. Hey, Sam. Um, can you move over a little bit? I want to see what's behind you. <laughs> quick uh, studio, quick studio view. Ah, you mean move, move out of the way? You mean? <laughs> yeah. What's what's all that? What's all that stuff? Uh, let me see. Um, this is like just the home uh, home setups, mostly kind of modular and uh, electron stuff, kind of uh, here. Um, can lift you up a little bit but yeah home is home is kind of uh sort of uh yeah modular central and uh nice. I, I actually have Steffi's old studio um yeah. Yeah. that I share <laughs> that I, not not here but that I share with Andy and um Nick Ah, okay, so you have a, a home recording setup, and and then you have a an out out of the outside studio as well. Yeah, the 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 one the shared one is more kind of old hardware and drum machines, and uh, more kind of um, sort of ready to go, kind of everything hooked up to a Circlon. Um, oh, you're a Circlon user as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, can't can't live without it. <laughs> it's, nice. uh, over there as well. Do you have one in your studio? Or what are you using to sequence? You're so sharp, Steffi. So I can live without it because I don't have one at home. <laughs> because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I've got. Uh, I'm on the waiting list with Colin for for a second one for getting getting one here as well. I mm. think. Yeah, where, I just, where did you uh, where did you re, uh, write your album in this one or in the other one or a combo the last album you did your solo uh, project bit of both um, probably most stuff here and then sometimes like you just want to play some keys on a profit or like just have some sort of hands on um, uh, instruments but this is totally not hands on at all it's kind of frustratingly uh deliberative the whole process here <laughs> but i mean but but that's but that's what a that's that's what i wanted just uh some something that's a bit more like a science lab and then and then a kind of toy room uh with uh with the other guys nice i mean congrats on the album man i've i've been playing it on loop for for the last two days um Nice. It's a really, it's I really really like it, man. It's 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 amazing. I mean, there's so much movement going on, and um, um, you know, although there's it's very light on drums, you know, there are some accents and some hi hats floating around, but it's it's definitely not drummy, you know. But still, it's yeah. very rhythmical and very punchy and very, you know, there's it's a beautiful, nice balance between very punchy and very silky and very smooth at the same time. You know what I mean? There's plenty of hard-hitting stuff, you know, but really, um, yeah, it's really percussive in a way, you know, the synth sounds are really percussive. But, um, yeah, I was wondering about some of the stuff you're using because um, I think, that, do you have your Mutron, Mutron phaser or something like that? Because there's a lot of phasing going on or is that an EQ thing or a modular thing? There's, um, I'm a big fan of phasers. Um, yeah, yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but they're not. They, you're, you're, you're not using them with loads of resonance. It's just really sort of EQing and shaping the sound, right? Yeah, just making more move. sort of psychoacoustic kind of use of it yeah. rather than like too sort of wet. But um, actually, most of the uh, phasery stuff is from this uh, this little. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. X A O C. Uh, X A. Chaos. Chaos devices. Okay. Um, Carmen Yek, I think it's called, but it's a nice kind of modular analog phaser with um, with a sort of two outputs. I think one one output is six pole and the other is eight, something like that. So right. you can kind of pan them left and right, and it's uh, gives you a nice kind of. Uh, but yeah, I main, mainly just use that on kind of effects things. So after after a reverb or kind of mm. um, yeah, processing sort of atmospheric stuff. Because if you put it on like a lead line or something that's kind of supposed to have a lot of punch, then you end up sort of um, yeah, losing losing some of the kind of punch somehow. Mm. I think. Has it got MIDI? No, probably not. No. No, it's uh, it's got a little mini. It's got a little LFO in it. Um, otherwise, it's just oh, okay. audio, uh, audio in and uh, output. But you can CV the uh, the LFO speed. But other than that, it's sort of fairly straightforward. Um, but very nice uh, sounding. Very kind of creamy kind of smooth. yeah it's uh, it's all it's all very silky you know that's what 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 surprised me on the album um because um you know working with so much eq and uh, also so much dynamic um dynamics you know uh mm. things can become harsh really quickly but everything is very well balanced and very smooth there are no frequencies that hurt, pierce your ears you know or they are hurtful or stuff that you know it's it's all very nicely um how do you say that? Like, like smoothed out in some way? I don't know. It's, um, mm. it's a very pleasant for the ears. Yeah, very pleasant for the ears. You know what I mean? No, never in terms of uh, frequencies. Of, uh, yeah. Never been a particularly smooth sort of person. I'm sort of maybe making up for <laughs> sh- shortcomings in my personality. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you also send Joachim the, the 12 inch that they did? Uh, uh, pre maxi. Uh, of the album, which is also really, really, I'm, I can, yeah, I can stick one in well. the really in the beautiful, post. It's a bit more rhythmic, okay, cool. Than the album, so that mentioned. No, I just, I, I got sent the um, the album only, I think, yeah, 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 I can, I can update you, <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was another thing I was meaning to ask you. I'm just, do you mind talking about your album? Uh, not, not at all. No, okay, okay. Because on the last track, the sort of dubby, the dubby one, it's, mm. or at least I, I call it dubby, uh, um, there's this clanking, kind of clanking sound, you know? This, um, it sounds almost like yeah. a steel drum, a distorted steel drum or something. Is that a, a, a source you recorded acoustically somewhere, or is it all synthesized? Um, that whole that whole track was uh was sort of made not really in the same not it, it was quite quite an old um track that alex the label manager was really 
sort of um, uh, really wanted to sort of have on on the record. Um, mm-hmm. But it came from a bunch of tracks that I was trying to do a really sort of dumb exercise of trying to synthesize sort of real sounding instruments and kind of ensembles. So, um, yeah, I was trying to make some kind of realistic, uh, realistic sounding, um, instruments. I don't know what that was. I think it was maybe, I think I was trying to make some kind of distorted roadsy kind of sound, um, aiming, aiming at that. Well, it's a kind of, not really well, it's a, but I don't know. Uh, organ kind of like a distorted broken organ kind of thing yeah sorry i i mentioned steel drum because i actually that's one of my least favorite instruments but <laughs> there's a kind there's a kind of ring there's a kind of ring to the to that sound if you know what i mean you know what i mean it's like this um yeah. clunky kind of clunky sound yeah. yeah you have to know how to use it otherwise it starts to get annoying you know? yeah i can't remember what it what 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 it um it was a it was all uh done in the modular um, but I can't remember anymore what that particular sound was. Um, mm. But yeah. So it is synthesized. Yeah, yeah. The whole track yeah. was was sort of um, uh, all all synthesized. And what is the 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 process? Because um, I get the idea that in some tracks you have this kind of. Um, uh, sequence going on, and then uh, with all this, all its modulations and, and stuff going on, and then uh, do you do you write the chord changes in advance, or because it sounds like you you make this this kind of um, sequence, and then you kind of uh, do the chord changes while that's already running. You know what I mean? Like uh, sort of yeah. playing around. It sounds it sounds like it's played live actually. Like uh, you know. Um, do you know what I mean? Like the chord changes yeah, sound very impro- improvised, like kind of. You've yeah, you've you've got it. It's, I mean, it's like a separate um, sort of uh, separating the process of writing kind of chords and rhythms. Um, I do quite a lot, so kind of have a um, kind of chord pattern uh, sort of in a mixer in the modular, and then run that into sort of filters and gates and LPG sort of dynamic processing sort of coming afterwards. Um, so yeah, like making some, making kind of the melodic and the rhythmic element, uh, parts of a track, uh, sort of separately. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Because I, I like the fact that it's a very sort of, uh, you know, it's very produced and very, um advanced in a way you know the rhythmic rhythm, rhythmically but at the same time it has this kind of improvised feel at the same time you know so it's um that that kind mm. of it's a nice nice combination yeah i appreciate it. it's a bit of yeah it's a bit of um a bit of both um it's always the but i always find the 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 things that are taking kind of weeks to finish uh you know really rarely like the best the best things i don't know what you uh how you feel about that whether you've whether you have sort of long drawn out kind of tracks that you took years to finish but never know your best as fast as yeah 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 
Yeah, I usually, um, um, I mean, the whole place here is set up in a way that if you can see behind me, there's this area in the middle. It's basically just a, a desk with a, a bunch of uh, patch blocks, you know, like uh, jack jacks that run straight into the into the sound card or to the analog desk. Ah, nice. And um, and basically for every track or for every uh, you know session, I just grab stuff stuff from around the studio and I build a setup for each one. You know. Ah, so, that's cool. Um, yeah, so it's like you know I want to use these four machines for example today. You know, and I'm I you know make a chain of stuff. And just jack it all into the into the computer, and 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 it's clocked from from the computer as well. Um, and then uh, everything is just basically multi-tracked uh, into into Ableton on the grid, you know. Um, because yeah, sometimes these setups become really complicated. You know, I've I've done a couple of projects where the whole table was just one big tower of, you know, uh, <laughs> a massive uh, patch. But as long as I can keep my my head around it, you know, um, it's, it remains a very playable instrument, you know, and, yeah. uh, that's for me, that's key because, um, I don't like to sit in front of a screen, you know, clicking around for ages and ages trying to, you know, uh, to make something out of, you know, sort of like an average idea, you know, I'd rather just go back to the table and, and, you know, jam and, you know, hook things up and modulate things and, yeah. and record it straight to disc, you know, and I find in my experience that, Whenever I do that, there is, you know, if if you have a couple of hours of recordings that came together in such a way, you know, uh, there's always, you know, a couple of moments, you know, maybe three or four, uh, which are like already the basic body of a of a piece of or 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 a track, you know, and um, then I can either choose to overdub to do some overdubs or uh, or just go into into the DAW and and edit some some stuff around and 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 then I'll just call it a quits and just know, you know that's it. You know what I mean? I don't I don't yeah. I don't spend ages you know going into the meticulous details and trying to uh, yeah uh, I'm I'm too impatient for that. You know I'm easily bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel the the same these days. I think uh, there's enough things to to do on a computer that uh, music making can can uh, happily exist outside of it as, as, yeah. as far as possible but yeah what about you Ashley do you work with say, hardware uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I started working with hardware but I, I, I a few things happened that I, I had to actually take the studio to bits this was like years ago like 15 years ago and uh, st started working a lot more internally. In fact, you know, to the point at one time I was just working on the tape, you know, the, the, the table with headphones. So I got used to working inside. And um, yeah, I, I I sort of end up going in. It's, it always fascinates me when I see these all this stuff like you're behind you, Sam, <laughs> because I I tend to um, <laughs> just go in on a very small amount of plugins and just kind of. I get, I just get, get, go. I keep using that same machine over it and, and, and until I almost exhaust it. I, 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 I almost feel like it's a waste if I don't, you know, keep, keep, get everything I want out of it. So I never get as yeah. far as actually buying it or getting something new because I'm still trying to go through the stuff that I've, mm -hmm. I've already got, sort of thing. So yeah, I ended up being fairly comfortable working internally uh, so I mostly work internally I have got a couple of bits and bobs and I do plug 
things in from time to time, but that ends up being more of a headache. By the time I've actually got everything how I want it, and like you were saying, uh, Joachim, you've got everything at your fingertips, you can put it all on the table and set it up quickly. I, I'm not that organised, maybe I, I just... It's interesting because you're saying the workflow, it ha what you're trying to get is a, your creative flow. So we're all having devising these different techniques to reach the flow state without getting too distracted. And, and that's what I've ended up working for me is I can get on and I can using a smaller, smaller range of equipment. Uh, 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 that's how I'm, I'm focusing my flow through through in that way kind of thing. And I, I design mostly everything myself. You know, any sounds I want, I'm using EQs and uh, and and synths to just make make it how I want it. So I can. It's just working with sound for long enough that I can, if I hear something I want, I know how I can make sort of replicate it using, you know, just some basic synths sort of thing. So that's kind of where I'm always testing. If I, I think, oh, that sounds interesting. I wonder if, how close can I get to that using this just a small range of um, equipment. That's it. So, like I say, always fascinates me. Uh, this, these piles of uh, modular stuff and all of this, uh, I, I look at it sometimes, uh, I find it a bit mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, have a, you have a point in saying that, you know, knowing your, your instrument really well is definitely something that is, um, you know... Uh, makes your process faster you know because if you have to sit down and you know uh, sort of scratching your head about something uh, that doesn't really get anything done you know sometimes you have to if you if you buy a new piece of gear or you you know or you have a new plugin or something it's you, of course you have to familiarize yourself with it but um you know and take some time to get to know it but um but yeah i mean no really knowing your instrument is is definitely key for for mm -hmm. uh, you know for the creative process for sure yeah it's yes you don't want to get it's however you find that method it's just not wanting to be slowed down by getting yeah exactly down in technicalities and however you find a way of you know avoiding that that's kind of the key isn't it you know so you can actually just let your creative the creative process do what it wants to do yeah yeah i think sort of the the fluency is more important than the than um, uh, the amount of things that you have, like to, I think you could do it with plugins as well. Like you can download so many, you know, sort of oh, yeah, so that, many yeah, things you that get, you just your menus go are down the rabbit going off the well. <laughs> off the page, <laughs> and you never really get <laughs> to know anything. But um, yeah, I I I, uh, I'm, I I find so many people that uh, are just like actually more often than not, my my favorite producers are always working in the box. And they're super productive, and they've mm. just kind of got the smoothest sort of workflow within that system. And uh, mm. I also uh, get the jealous pangs when <laughs> when somebody's just kind of uh, yeah, because you. I mean, it's a it's a slow process. I think working with hardware, like uh, mm. you have to physically put all your stuff onto the table and plug it into the patch bay and make a lot of decisions even before you've kind of started making musical decisions um but it's or, part of the fun yes yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's part of the fun so it's yeah yeah you can't you can't sort of uh the results are uh you know i think i think the i think we're all sort of tried enough different stuff to 
not dwell on the kind of like hardware sounds you know better this, than software yeah. or any of this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but it's just workflow and how quick you can get to the results mm-hmm. and how, how much fun you have in doing it. Mm-hmm. You yeah, need. you know, I, I it's maybe it's a bit, I don't know if it's strange, but I, I can't fall in love with a plugin, you know. I I mean, I, I use them all the time, right? But I, I you know, if, if you see a box or a synth, you actually develop a relationship with it, you mm-hmm. know, and and you can actually fall in love with it, you know. You can have this uh, interaction with it, you know, you can feel it and everything. And um, I don't know, I, I can totally obsess over hardware. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can yeah, really sort good. of, you know, love, you know, love interacting with a, a certain piece of machinery, you know what I mean? It's like, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, it just uh, gets my juices flowing a bit faster than sitting behind a screen although i do spend a lot of time inside the box you know but um and i don't really don't want to get into the analog versus digital debate because you know it's just all tools you know that's how i see it but like um luke was saying uh, when you know the other week how he made the whole of archangel in live right the whole entire album (laughs) which is always mind-blowing when you think you know i know he's got the capability to go any way he wants or the capability, the the, the the you know he has everything at his disposal, so he could, but he wanted to do it that way just to sort of test himself. And if you listen to the results, it's you know you didn't know you, it's hard to, it's it's what comes through is his experience in creative yeah. flow and and all but isn't that, that isn't that too. like um, knowing knowing your own sound palette and then mm. um, through sure. years of experience finding plugins that match stuff that you've done before possibly yeah you know mm-hmm. like if there's if there's a certain sin that he used to use and then in the end of the day by by the, your curiosity kind of like starts to match these sounds knowing like okay Maybe. this gets me the same that result in in terms of texture and uh, stuff is the like, approach is yeah you just yeah yeah I, 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 I tend to do a lot of um, uh, post-production now in the computer and I'm <laughs> fascinated by it, like fascinated by it. Although I have so much gear and I, I would never want to work without gear, but I also would not want to drop the computer because I think that the post-production phase is a whole different way of designing, a whole different way of of um, mm. taking the music to a next level, you know. Mm. So it's I think it's nice to be able to know everything you know, know the different worlds and then adapt to it in, the, in whatever situation you are. You know, if, you, if you're uh, if you're able to collaborate with people and then knowing mm. knowing both worlds is really comfortable, so you can switch from one thing to another. And after having done a lot in the computer, always I'm always happy to get out of it to go back to the machines again. So it's a nice mm. balance between the two things, you know, and. Sometimes I realize that there are certain things that I can't make with my hardware, and then I do it with a plugin. And it's like, oh, see, boom! There's a, mm. there's a like instant result. I find that really interesting to kind of use both worlds. Mm. But I can, I can understand why why you can do a whole album in in Ableton and make it sound like like previous stuff that you've done in your studio when you've made such a um, big catalog of music. And, and I think over the years, you know what you want to, what your bass kick should sound uh, sound like, and typical way of, you know, you're processing your hi hats. Yeah, and his personality I think, I think know, if, is coming through. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. whatever tools you use, it's always going to be your, it's always going to bear your signature, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think he has done so much, so much different kind of music that he by now knows how to kind of create like a whatever project he's doing. You know? I was, uh, the, 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 um, the part that, that I find difficult when I'm if I'm trying to do something just in the computer is that um, there's all these different tasks involved with making music and there's there's sort of programming rhythms or melodies and then there's um, mixing and arranging and for me these are totally different kind of mindsets and uh, I like to sort of absorb myself into you know not thinking structurally or mix uh mix isn't important just kind of get the you know get the sort of you know going yeah without really thinking too much about it and then just just sort of jamming and then you've got some sort of source material to then do the kind of thinking part of the track where you kind of arrange it a little bit and uh so when 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 i try and do something in a computer it's like you're kind of programming a rhythm and then it's like oh i'm gonna eq the kick and then i'm gonna mm. maybe think about like or you know you, you you don't have this kind of clear um zone of of being creative on you get you zigzagging around from these different yeah i find that i find that kind of like attention switching kind of Mm. exhausting or or like i can't kind of focus uh um easily on either sort of side of things like i I wonder how you sort of handle that because i actually don't mind that it's interesting because they're all significant and they're all um uh, relevant uh, issues where but some in, I don't mind it whereas for you it's it's screwing with you which is, that's your I don't mm. know you know it's it's for somehow it's like okay what I was thinking is sometimes I've worked in the studio and uh, say the person I was working with they're making all these noises from synth and it's and, it, and it's great stuff and I, I'm, I might listen to it for half an hour and I'm like well I could make 20 tracks out of what we've got in this yeah. half hour. <laughs> so it was the per- person who's done weird. That's such, a, such an in-the-box like, no, attitude. Yeah, there's this simp here, there's this one, there's that one. But to me, it's like there's all this, there's this richness, there's this so much in such a small, you could work in half an hour and I, you know, I could, I could, like I say, it's, I guess it's a different, it's just a different mindset. There's not a right or wrong way and it's what, yeah, what works best I for you. But totally, saying. I'm like, well, let's do it. I, I, you know, I can make a tune. I, I've, got, I've got it all here. Like my, my head's sketching it out already, you know, where, so I don't, don't start yeah. making up other ideas because I'm just going to get overwhelmed with too many ideas because I, you know, it's like you're catching yeah. lightning in a bottle every two minutes. So, you know, I, I, it's too much for me, you know, but it's like but I say, you, it's just, that's how my creative head works, I guess. Yeah. But you know what, like, I, I, I have something interesting to add to the, what you're saying because I totally agree, but like, like you've been making for, like music for a long time and you're saying like I was in the box kind of thing and that was great. So all of your years of experience is in the box, which is it's equivalent to somebody has all these years of experience with a hands-on hardware. So it's no difference. Your environment mm. is, is, is as comfortable as, as for yeah, example, yeah. Some, Sam's environment being, mm-hmm. you know, a, a true knob twiddler uh, on the, on the, 
on the um, um, uh, modular systems. And you mm. know, like I've 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 done um, uh, quite some. Um, teaching over the last three years and and the only thing that I experienced with young producers is that because they start in the box and then they go to school because they want to learn to be a composer or they want to you know take take it to a serious level or, or there is a reason for picking to go you know this this musical education to learn something and I have to say the only thing that I find Narrow, narrowing the mind of of, of um, finding your your um, environment is is that they don't know where a sound comes from. Like they have absolutely no idea what a synthesizer does. So what what you see is like if you listen to their tracks, is that everything is really kind of random, you know, and mm. to, to, because they're stepping straight into the world of availability, which yeah. for them is amazing in a way, you know, if you can go into Ableton and you throw your sample and you start to tweak and stretch and pull and, and whatever. But like I've, I was trying to emphasize how, how important rhythm is and there were a couple of pe people trying to make minimal techno and there was just literally one kick and I said, oh, that is not minimal techno because <laughs> it's just one kick. And then I, I, I I try to emphasize how important uh, song structure still is, and and the and the usage of your drumming and and and, and variety in, in in hi hats and how you can use several hi hats to create one rhythm. And they were just looking at me like, "Oh, where do I get the hi hats from?" I said, "Well, you can just create them yourself." And there was absolutely no knowledge, which I thought was really interesting, because that is. A, I wonder a if bit it's necessary a, anyway. Oh, when you heard the tracks, you thought it was really necessary. <laughs> you know, because I think I think um, we, we were just discussing your album, and, and of course, um, yeah, we're kind of colleagues, aren't we? In the in the in our um, in our uh, label label colleagues, let's put it this way. So I've I've heard the um, album, and I know your work from the past, and what and, and of course, what you can clearly see is that. There is a, there's so much exploration what you've done on your album, and that's we're talking about a whole different ballgame than somebody just taking a 909 and this high hat that goes like, and then it's like, oh maybe you want to try to use this or this, and they're like, that's what the sample pack gave me kind of things, and these are like third year students on a, a private um, um, school learning to be a, um, a musical composer, you know. So I think, I think that's, with, the only, um, that's, that's the only thing that I would like to throw into the debate. Like there's definitely no uh, right or wrong if you're an in-the-box producer or, or hardware um, um, genius or something. Um, but I think that, that there's a It's good to have an understanding of like where... Yeah, where, exactly. What a, exactly. What a well, sound. you use, you use the mean, key but, word, you used use the key word just now. I think you, you said it's about the exploration and I think that's, that's very, very true, you know? Yeah. And even, mm -hmm. even, even in, inside a computer, uh, you, you can, you know, uh, you know, if for something like a, every door these days, like Ableton or Bitwig or, or Logic have these internal uh, patch possibilities, you know, with Max for Live and, and stuff like that, you know, you, you, you can do so much stuff, you know, trying to make things happen and, you know, uh, automate things or, you know, creating processes, you know, you don't really need uh, um, hardware for that, you know, I mean, uh, that's nowadays, that's also possible in inside most sequencers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and going in, I mean, it's just, it, it, there are times that I just go into 
Ableton and just try to build a system, you know, that does something and just see what happens, you know, and put all these elements influencing influencing each other and 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 see, you know, how far I can, you know, I, how far I can stretch it and see if I can come up with some new sounds or, um, you know, um, in a way, so that's that's the fun part, you know, the exploration, the sort of the you think in, in your head about some some kind of uh, signal flow or you know a system that generates something. Mm-hmm. And without even knowing exactly what it's going to do, it's still, um, you know, just absolutely fun to to work that way, you know, and to to see what happens. Yeah, sometimes not knowing is uh, is sort of uh, an advantage. It it's kind of puts you in a more like easily excitable kind of state of mind. Yeah, I mean, the the, the best the best moments are when you stumble upon something that you that mm. you would never be able to to you know uh think up you know or yeah. yeah or you know imagine beforehand you know you can imagine the uh, the process where you can imagine the you know the kind of the range where it's where it's going going to go but how exactly it's going to turn out you never know and i think that's one of the um the things that uh you know gives you the spark and 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 the excitement that that makes you want to do something with it or to finish it or use it in some way by the way, I should say um, we are on YouTube. We we can actually see the comments that people are posting. So if there's anybody listening or watching that is, has a specific question for one of us or to us all, then feel free to um, to post it. And um, when we run out of uh, <laughs> uh, ideas, then we can uh, we can answer your questions. What, um, I, what I was going to say about what you said, Steffi, about kind of uh, the importance of sort of understanding the the sort of history of a sound maybe. And I can, I'm, I'm kind of, I think it's super interesting to be. Um, on the other hand, like, you know, I wouldn't really consider that somebody has to understand the history of sort of splicing tape uh, to use a sampler or like if people can, if we can sort of, simplify a lot of the uh technology for making stuff then it's only a kind of a good thing really like uh i i i get that like i i get where you're coming from i think i don't think they should be able to edit with tape like back in the day or anything but like but the idea that you know it's sort of yeah but you know like we did a we did um three days um say like a mini mini academy and um the 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 job was to create the sound and then pull it into your door and then start to uh, make a track and process it in the way um you would like to process it and then there was just a simple synthesizer and they looked at it and they have like i don't know what like what i should do with it and it's like what is it that you normally do i'll just I'll just go through all the presets until I find something, which is not a bad thing at all because we all know that many old records have the first presets of a synth that came out and everybody rinsed it dry <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Joachim is laughing. Guilty. But, yeah, same. <laughs> same. But but I think um I think that is the only thing that would be nice to, to kinda like put in the middle as a as a as a kind of a thing to play with, like um, that it's interesting if you're uh, if you've got the option to every once in a while get a little bit of a feeling of 
what a synthesizer actually does to be able to transport that knowledge onto uh, designing in the box, especially if you're a, 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 a young producer that wants to wants to ha hasn't got a budget to have uh, a, a great modular setup as you have in the back. You know that at least they have felt it at some point and 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 trying to you know get a little bit of a knowledge about you know synthesis and then bring that back into using VST plugins you know i think there's a fun? yeah there's a i mean with with the modular stuff there's a whole sort of really interesting culture of of instrument makers and uh i mean probably the same for software people making kind of plugins and synths but um yeah it's amazing it's also yeah. like a really kind of interesting underground manufacturer kind of culture with like people in their bedrooms soldering together like modules and uh you know having sort of ideas and bringing them to life and um so it's kind of feels nice to support sometimes uh this this kind of scene in itself rather than just sort of yeah i don't know i bought a lot of old synths <laughs> before and uh kind of at the moment it's uh yeah like uh it's it's nice to nice to kind of support these kind of people making new tools for us to to use you know in the same yeah. way that we're making things for DJs and uh it's nice when they also kind of say like thanks um thanks for making stuff for us thanks for thinking about what we might what we might want and uh you know, tailoring things for us. Here's um, a question from Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Is this addressed to um, Sam? Uh, is the rhythmic the, system? Yeah, go on. Uh, is the rhythmic system you're using to process synths using modular? Can you explain this a bit more? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess uh, it's a sort of. Um, paraphonic strategy where I would kind of mix a lot of oscillators together and maybe some sounds from outside like uh, from the Octatrack uh, have sort of banks of samples of chords and things in there um, and then the, the 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 sort of way I go about things usually is to build a big sort of wall, wall of sound and then um, and then have a, a second mixer for CVs. So mixing together uh, a few different envelopes with different shapes and maybe a slow attack envelope and a sort of punchy percussive envelope. Um, mixing them together. I could probably lift, lift this up. And... Can we see anything here? Yeah. Like uh, this guy is mixing sort of envelopes from this guy uh, together. So, uh, so then you end up kind of with uh, a few different kind of per percussive or kind of dynamic shapes for uh, sending to, um, yeah, LPGs is, is my kind of uh, favorite dynamic module because it's sort of halfway between a filter and a, and a VCA, a volume. So... Yeah, it kind of gives a nice percussive belly kind of uh, tone. 
Um, but yeah, the, the the melodic and the rhythmic stuff are, are, are sort of separate um, process. So that's the mutagen, right? That you just showed us. Uh, the mixer is the meter mix. Oh, the meter mix. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's. Um, do you sequence it, or you do, do you manipulate it by hand, or what? How do you how do you mix these signals then, the CV signals? I just use it by hand. I, I've I've never. Oh, right. um, yeah, I never used it. Are you using modular as well? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got my my setup is is on the on the on the left here. Ah, oh, nice, cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah Ashley, I, and I, I've... Ashley and I are going to take a break and come back. <laughs> <in> five <laughs> hours. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Um, no, but I know this this uh, this module can also see you can sequence uh, between the the inputs, right? Yeah, you can. I never. I, I like it as a sort of performance mixer for CDs. Right, okay. So you yeah, can, yeah. You can uh, bring in different parts of the rhythm. And if you have kind of polyrhythmic stuff, it gets quite interesting with kind of having soft and loud hits uh, at the same time in polyrhythm. And then when they both happen at the same time, they're kind of double the... Um, the, the CVs kind of double. So you have kind of a third louder hit when they're both happening at once um, yeah cool hey Steph um, last time when uh, when we did uh, when you were on uh, after the stream we we I think we talked about half an hour about your um, drum synths Yeah, and, and and you tried to get I, on, the, on the system. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned the um, uh, the mutant hex inverter mutant uh, modules. Yes. I have to say, um, it was I was I was one leg in that zone, and then I pulled myself back. I'm on like. <laughs> your finger was hovering your finger was yeah, hovering yeah, over yeah. there and then, and then Robin actually mailed me like oh you know what I just wanted to give you some links and uh, this is the company and this is the cases and all the caches or whatever they call and I just started to ask way too many questions and then I pulled myself back and I'm like wait <laughs> this is um, dangerous stuff maybe, no but it's uh, maybe the kick drum I'm not sure yeah, yeah. No, but in a way, it's a, it's a very similar uh, process that that we are talking about now. You know, just yeah. shaping your own shaping your own uh, drum sounds, like Ashley yeah. was mentioning. Um, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have too many drum synths, but it's uh, uh, yeah. I I love you know playing around with uh, with sounds, and you know, just it's much more easy to get a very nicely tuned ensemble than if you use samples for example you know yeah I think that was my, uh, for my when I wrote my third album that was a massive um, mission for me to because the second album is a lot of 808 and, and uh, 909 and, and a lot of extra per percussion coming from the drum scenes but like for the third album is like I want to throw all the very uh, well known drum scenes into the corner and only only design with the drum synthesizers and it was so much fun and then I got to get a bit carried away with it and I kept on collecting them collect 
contacting them and now it's been it's been the base for for the way I produce music and I think it's quite kind of similar to when you have these modules in a in a euro rack like like similar similar kind of modules you know that can do uh yeah can do fairly well li- there's a little less less patching going on that to be fair but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and and it has decent decent sized knobs, you know. These modulars, that's the only thing yeah. that sometimes can get really, really, sort of, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, finicky yeah. with the small but small knobs, you know. I think what 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 made it so um, special for me is that I started to work in t- in in detail much more than you know when I would use a typical kind of like kick snare drum 808 and it works on the dance floor my god you know it's been it's never been anything more powerful when you're for example making an electro track or using the 808 but like when i started to design my own snare drums it it, it became it became much more organic like the, the music really you know i think it, yeah up. Um, that's uh that was my uh my favorite of yours because you're not you're you're also sort of you're not in any kind of familiar sonic palette um so i think it kind of comes through in the in the ideas on the record that you're you're not kind of because yeah as soon as you put in a few sort of hits on a nine and nine you kind of already yeah. know where it's heading you sort of and like it, yeah, oh yeah record, yeah that's really i know like what to do recognition yeah but I th- yeah i think like could could hear that you were like more like uh sort of not pinned down genre wise by uh by that kind of approach and that was all around the same time when uh, obviously um sam was uh, helping me setting up my new studio um when we when we just decided to make everything as connectable as possible you know so all these drum synthesizers well, if they have separate outputs, because some 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 are old, so they don't have that. And then have them on the patch bay, and actually being like, and that's what made it also very interesting for me, just like hands on, like put an output on the on the patch bay, and 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 pull it straight through an effect, and and work with this, and and it became so endless, you know. And that's for me, it's a very it was a very important thing. So I started to collect them, and it's spread growing. <laughs> and growing. Yeah. yeah. Did you get amazing. a Nord drum yet? I've got two actually. Oh, oh that's ridiculous! <laughs> 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 I've got. Like, we were talking. We were kind of. I I hate to nerd out because it's kind of like you know what, but like after our our session, when I first got invited by Jochen, Later on, we were like, "Oh, do you have a syncussion?" And I said, "Yeah, I've got got an original. I got two clones." And he was like, "Oh, so yeah, it just happened. I can't help myself, <laughs> you know." But it's it's that is a that is a thing that I personally am obsessed with. Just um, have the have the um, availability, and especially in combination with the circlon, if you're if you're making a snare drum, like instantly layer a couple, and then start to tweak and tune until the right one sits, and then maybe create a, an artificial delay by using two little drum elements right after your your snare drum hit you know <laughs> instead of using a delay and that's where when that's where it starts to get really exciting yeah. you know like there's mm. all these little tricks and because i have several here it, it can just 
I can just collect the drum sounds so on demand, you know. I don't have to find or scroll through um, a map or like a folder of, of um, samples or anything. And it, it it's supported my workflow massively. Like when I did my thir- third album, I was like, oh, finally I made something decent, you know. Like I was, <laughs> I was finally happy with what, what was actually um, sculpting and, and, and yeah. Now I'm obsessed. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's not the worst obsession in the world. <laughs> By the way, the no, sunset no. is your the, the color in your yeah, room is amazing it's, now. It's, 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 yeah, I, I could also turn my screen. It's not very special for the studio, but maybe <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss my I miss my my stuff because I, I I'm in a little studio now. My big studio is in Berlin. I have some. I've I've got a note from here, so that's why I have two. It's one in Berlin, one here. But yeah. Anyway, that's the whole story of my addiction. <laughs> so in the meantime, uh, I I put in this question of uh, Terry, Terry de Boer, Terry, mm-hmm. uh, and it's addressed to Ashley. So. Um, do you want to talk about this? You've you've yeah. had some time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I was just—I mean, it, relating it to what Stevie was just saying. Because uh, um, making your own, all your own, um, you know, drums and percussion or anything, you know, uh, I've, that feeds into how how I how I go about making my grooves. I, I guess everyone has a different technique. Um, and also, when I first started making techno, I, I, all the stuff I didn't know, I was trying to f- figure out how to do it, and I was probably doing it the wrong way. But in that pro- process of doing it, I learnt and sort of found new little techniques. Uh, and, you know, so sometimes that just accenting hi hats instead of sort of just mixing them properly. I was just actually trying to accent, and so I sort of really got into. Uh, the, the kind of detail of how, of how to make everything move. So if I'm making a groove, I, I, I kind of attack it from all different angles, it just in terms of detailed levels and the texture and the EQ. It's, 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 it's all, all happening at once, really. I don't know how everyone else goes about it, but I, I don't just say, well, I need this, this, and this. So it's sort of... I put elements start to come together, and I'll just play with them until it until it until it uh it goes where i want it to go i guess it's, and is is uh is makes any sense yeah yeah sure is, is is hypnotic something that is actually on your mind if you when you when you yeah, do I, that i think yeah. it's, i always have for me it's important to have uh some kind of grooves going on you know i was talking you know, the other day i was just sort of i watched this film james brown thing and I thought, yeah, James Brown. I, you know, sometimes you forget that that funk, you know, uh, and and it seems to get forgotten a bit, a lot. But that's a big thing for me, you know, having that that kind of groove in there. And obviously, I was a big fan of it, as we all were, probably of Purpose Maker stuff when I was young. So that's always feeding into my influence. Um, I guess, and, and, and Robert Hood, you know, he, the way they put that kind of en- energy with such a small amount of stuff. So I'm, I'm, that's that's always an important thing. That's uh, something that's always going on in my head when I'm when I'm making music. I guess it's one. So of I those. find that I find that really interesting that you're um, 
referring to purpose maker because that's a lot of it is like disco sample yeah what he what he did and it's 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 so it's inspiring to me that you're telling me that that's in the back of your head and you you're creating your own rhythm based on something um that you uh, um respected back in the day which had a completely different approach uh, yeah how he yeah and then and then you're translating into a new shape which yeah, is totally. i think that's but, the well, that's the strength of uh, electronic music that you're but i think you know you it's know, to forget that the, 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 all of that disco and funk and all those roots you know it all goes back to that and, and if you could, yeah it to does. me it's important to understand that i don't know it, per, you know for my for me personally I have all of that going on in my mind. You know, I used to be really, you know, you know, I had my journeys into disco and all of that, uh, sort of studying all that stuff and, and understanding where they influenced people like Jeff Mills, uh, 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 Derek May and things. So, so all of that feeds into, I guess, this sort of need for some kind of authentic, what I consider authenticity in what I'm doing. Or, or you know, it doesn't mean that has to be the same for everyone. It's just kind of what, means something to me i guess yeah so, but it's beautiful that it kind of continues from his his um um this, um his affection for for sarone and mm. and, and gino sojo and all these mm -hmm. and, and all these uh, his samples are pretty you know if you if you have a disco collection you can kind of pick it out and say like oh yeah okay yeah, cool. sure, sure and then you, and then you can actually see how how clever it's being done and then you're taking you know, it's a chain. Like it starts with these guys, and they were influenced by the, by even okay, older generations. Yeah. And then it comes at, at your in your lap, and then um, mm -hmm. and then you give it your twist. And there might be a young producers saying like, "Oh, listen, I want to do what he's doing," and then I'm doing <laughs> my version of what he's doing. That's, that's I think right. that's. Um, I hope I hope that that's going to continue because I think that's the only only way uh, that like electronic music can actually. Pro progress by by it's important to, to me always to look to understand where you where you come from so you know it, it, it all feeds into where where you're going as well you know I yeah. think it's no, yeah. if you're just listening to the latest stuff and trying to make that it, you know, it doesn't give it for me it doesn't give enough context to to, to what's going on I like to know ev everything that's happening and I'm always you know I was listening to some of Joachim's early stuff you know the other day and you know just go I'm always picking at different eras you know just to and yeah, still yeah, yeah, learning yeah. stuff of stuff that's yeah. made 30 years ago yeah I do you know? I do I tend to do the same thing like hmm? to, to ref go back to old favors and then favorites and then you know kind of like listen to it in a different way or in a different mm. mood or you know and and it's it's interesting because that whole uk kind of breakbeat early breakbeat thing is actually all funk and and um and and um yeah there is that james brown side and it's funky drummers being sampled god knows how many times but like if yeah. i listen to like 90, 90 to 91 92 especially UK stuff like I'm like Jesus Christ oh, uh, the technique was so minimal but what they've done with it was so clever you know and that's well, exactly. also just it, it teaches you if you go and listen to that funk stuff it's teaching you just about rhythm and, and all of yeah. that stuff you know and it's just oh, you yeah. think of the how tight they were that yeah, backing and Amacio and a Max <laughs> and that and, you know you just yeah. think <laughs> and yeah a lot of a lot of the 
a lot of those old drum kits were recorded just by a single mic, man. That's even the most exactly. astonishing thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just a room, a room and a mic, and then you know, a really authentic sound. Mm. But I, I have another question for you, uh, Ashley, because uh, you're also a graphic designer, right? How, how, on and off. Or okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But um, how how important are aesthetics um, for your work in 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 music? Because if you're you know when you're doing graphic design that's sort of the most um, important thing right like the yeah, aesthetic no, I, of the whole thing i do think visually a lot about it yeah i mean at the moment i'm made, i'm really into making videos like i'm to go with the music i've made so because i rather than getting someone else to do it i want it to be relate relate to my uh thoughts with regards to the music i've made so i'm actually putting a visual element in there but that i do think a lot visually because that's uh yeah like that that graphic side of my uh, creative brain is yeah it's always feeding in um but yeah i mean d- do you use that when you important. arrange when you're when you're looking at your arrangement do you mm. is that has any influence because it's funny because i used to be a freelance graphic designer for years right. when i when I had the ability to throw that out of the window and live off my music, and I see it benefits right. in, in even looking at arrangements. And yeah, stuff. no, I, I possibly How I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think of it as a painting in that sense. But I'm I definitely have my brain definitely thinks of things in terms of colors, the tech. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, Are you synesthetic? Um, I don't know. What oh, that's when when your brain. Okay. Okay. When your when your brain when certain senses in the brain are are uh, combined or triggering each other, so I have a slight version of it uh, because yeah. when I think of a sound, I can kind of see what it looks like, you know. Yeah. Quite possible. And it's always yeah. the same. It's always the same. Exactly the same. So if I hear right. a sound again, it's I know I remember it by the way it sounds, but also by the way it looked. You way know it what looks. I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely see things visually. I'm very visual. Yeah, I definitely see things visually in my mind. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, Here, visual. There's a, a question for Steffi from Lennart. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How important are chords for you, and what's your approach on using them? Uh, first of all, that depends on the type of music I'm making but um, when you say chords that I relate that instantly to melody which is the most important thing in my music because that gives the gives the recognition to the music like the melody makes the music um, recognizable if you've got a strong melody line the next time you hear the track you have that like ah yeah I have that heard that before so and it's interesting because sometimes I want to make really dark and mean music and then I've got the I always call it the the the, pe- the pizza dough rolled out and it looks solid and I can start throwing the ingredients on it and then I've layered some stuff and I'm like ah something's missing you know like I don't know what it is and then I start fiddling around and next thing I know there's chords and strings on it and but out of the window with my dark mean techno or whatever it is. So yeah, for me it's the it's the it's the foundation of, of, of my music. Like I always have to fall back on a strong melody. 
it's hard for me to design music that hasn't got any melody and chords are of course yeah a very big big um important thing i do have to say that i try to keep it's a it's an it's a new cha challenge for me to keep the melody really small as small as possible like uh, earlier in my musical journey I was trying to layer as much as possible and I would get really messy to mix it in the end of the day and now I'm trying to also strip down the melody and see if I can get it as yeah as as as, as strong as possible by not using too much elements and um, yeah I, I it's it's mess of massive importance like my music doesn't function if there's no chords or strings I hope that answers your question but yeah Massive importance. I like the pizza analogy. Yeah, that's my my way to, <laughs> way to work. But you know the feeling like when you've got the foundation, like the kick is there and the rhythm is there and everything's there and you're like, mm. right. And then for me, that's a moment of like, right. Whereas for some people, it's like, it's done. And it's very hard for me to distance myself from rhythmic tracks. And some people... I, I believe it or not, but I have a lot of techno in my computer that has never seen any daylight. And those are just, for me, are just sketches. And every once in a while, I'll pull something out and maybe do something with it. Or, But it hardly ever gets to see the daylight because for me, it feels like it's unfinished. And maybe that's also like a, a, a thing that I can't let go, the fact that it hasn't got a melody. And maybe I should just at some point throw it out, but it feels really naked to me, you know, because that's my layer. Like, okay, the pizza is the pizza dough is done, and the the bottom is nice and crunchy, and now we need to get all the fancy shit on. So, that's yeah, mm. quite funny. I, I'm sort of impressed. I, I have a kind of similar um, inability to sort of like leave things uh, just uh, so. Bear, but I do I do really admire when when people can kind of make a make a track or make a a piece of dough that's like so good you don't need anything <laughs> on, on yeah, it. And that and that's, um, I love it that you're pizza uh, bianco. Yeah, pizza bianco. I love the yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what they serve <laughs> in a good restaurant in a good Italian restaurant. They serve the crispy uh, kind of bread in a basket with a pinch of salt and some rosemary or whatever and that's already amazing <laughs> but i just have a i just have a i'm 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 a bit um afraid that people might get hungry if they only yeah, get keep, keep it. <laughs> you make the kind of like the, the deep pan kind of pizzas yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah the, deep dish like yeah but um, I, 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 maybe I should at some point. I mean, it has crossed my mind to do more like dance floor stuff that is very stripped and then maybe use a different name or something, you know. It's, I don't know. Like, I've, I have lots. It just never sees the daylight. I, in, in general, I have, like, tracks and tracks and tracks. But it's probably the same for you guys, like, that never come out because they're just oh, yeah. of, a of a family. Like, if you would... I don't know if you guys relate to this. If you do a 12-inch that has like four tracks, you have at least eight that never, you have eight and then you pick four and the other four kind of stay there, no? Or is that just me? No, yeah. it's true, yeah, yeah, it's true for me as well. But um, yeah, I want to go back to what you said about the 
the pizza layer kind of thing because uh, it's interesting your mind works like that because in my mind uh, I, I, that doesn't it would doesn't work for me like that you know it's um, mm. um, I listen to the whole thing um, as as um, an aesthetic or um, you know a, a sort of like a, a sound or like a, a world you know what I mean like um, mm -hmm. and um, even even the uh, I don't really literally write melodies. Well, sometimes I do, but also if something suggests a melody or something, um, you know, uh, kind of. I, I like stuff where where your brain has some room to Im to to interpret. Still, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, if, it, if 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 you you know are too obvious sometimes, I th or if I'm too obvious sometimes, I think. Um, it is too much, you know, because it's uh, there's no room for interpretation. I like I like music where it's where there's still some room for interpretation, if you know what I mean. You know, like. Uh, but is that is that it's interesting that you that you say this, and I'm dying to know if this is something that developed, or because if I listen to your earlier stuff, it's very melodic to me, or am I? misinterpreting the music because like the early no, no. albums are very melodic. Did you kind of distance yourself from this because you wanted to uh, strip yourself down and then let the listener do the rest, or is that just a development? No, you. I think you're right about the early stuff, but I mean that's just me figuring out synths and drum machines, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, would, that's just. I wouldn't uh, want to call it this, but yeah. No, but I mean that. That I mean you know you know I mean uh, around that time basically uh, the only way to really make music was to have just like pre-computer age. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you had to use mm -hmm. hardware. And um, sync things up, you know, by MIDI or or sync or whatever, and uh, you know, without too much uh, um, outboard processing, you, that's the sound you get. You know, that's just the mm -hmm. sound you get when you use these machines. Um, and um, but you know, as as sound design uh, options became more advanced and easier to uh, incorporate, um, you know, things became a bit more uh, sonically more complex, I guess, and. Um, uh, because I, I I did a lot of stuff where where it's quite recognizable where the sounds are coming from. I kind of um, you know switched to something to a way of working where it's not so obvious where things are coming from or what's actually happening. You know, um, I like I like that idea. You know, if if you if you listen to something and uh, you really can't tell what's what, you know what's where, what the sources the, were. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know. Maybe that's just a false sense of accomplishment, you know, to me to myself. But um, you know, I I like to um, yeah to I usually go for an aesthetic more than for uh, a melody or a tune, you know. Mm -hmm. um, make does it make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and, and I, I'm I'm just thinking because um, actually, like I one of your earlier maybe one of the first records that you were doing where it was to me it was also still very melodic type of techno if i'm if i am allowed to call it like this and then later on you were also a little bit more percussive is that okay? is that correct when i'm possibly saying what, what 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 you thinking of i mean my first I'm did i have i've I... done a variation i've done so i do sometimes put more kind of sort of melody and other things in yeah 
maybe. but yeah again it's it, it's i'm trying to it just have to feel it has to feel right uh, you know it doesn't have to have it or not have it it just has to um, yeah it just has to have the right feeling i think like if you if you talk to people that are making music for like maybe 10 20 30 years the question is what what like how do you reinvent yourself is that necessary do you stick to a certain formula does your curiosity brings you into different corners all that kind of stuff i mean for me yeah, it's before i explained about the, the, the drum computer thing and that that opened up a whole new world so those phases also have influence on what my music sounds like i think that probably everybody goes through that kind of stuff mm. now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you get bored of uh, you get bored of things I think uh, yeah most most kind of modules uh, that I've used kind of excessively have got rid of at some point like even even though they were kind of good at what they did you're just kind of bored of uh the, same the thing. kind of familiarity of it and hmm. my favorite since the uh, pro one and they, they've uh, just been sitting in my cupboard for for years now because <laughs> um, yeah just uh, that I don't want to get rid of them I'm, I'm, I'm sort of sentimental don't but <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. It's fair to it's fair to say that like your, when you did your your solo album that it, it really kind of revealed what what your comfort zone was and what your own sound was like you've been of course making lots of music with Bach and Baumeister when you when you dropped the solo album it was very clear where you were at as a you and just you with your studio and your synthesizers like like I've yeah. I've known your music and and also what you what you were doing solo here and there and then when you came with the albums like oh wow yeah that's that's a whole journey of you being very comfortable with what you um, use as an as equipment you know like I, that's that's yeah. what I th that's that's the impression that I had you know when you finally came out with that album like ah wow there's a very consistent line in in how everything sounds together, like how you've put it together and, and, um, and what you've been using and how it's been produced. You know, it's not just like stuff you've done over the years that were like, from yeah. different studios. Like you can, can clearly see that there's a work environment that everybody gets a little bit curious about. Like Jochen was asking you, like, oh, how did you do that? How did you do that? You know, it's interesting how the studio can have such big effect on what the outcome in the end of the day what the outcome is you it's know? very true it's very true that um the place where you record your stuff you know the vibe of your room and and the you know the, the way it sounds and everything has a big uh, and how you feel to being in that room that does have a big impact on um on your um, productivity you know on uh, yeah and on on that subject sam um you know, uh, I, I had some old synths sitting around for ages that I didn't t touch for, for a few years. But when I moved to a different room, um, maybe four years back now, uh, when I moved here, um, I, I started using them again and uh, completely rediscovered them, you know, and fell, in, fell in love with them all over again. 
So it's, um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, at some point you have enough, you basically, you, you, the distance you had with this synth is, is enough to be able to completely uh, see it as a fresh new machine again, you know what I mean? What were so, the synths? Uh, or what was the gear? Um, especially with my System 100, I have this, um, uh, the System 100, you know, the, 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 the grey one, not the 100M, but the, you know, the, the, I think it's one oh one oh one oh yeah yeah it's like it's it's got two synth units and then a mixer and and a sequencer and two speakers. Um, I I had so I had smaller speakers in in my other room and um, uh, didn't quite hear the range of the of the instrument. But now it now I'm here um, and I have a an, a sub. Um, which which goes yeah that's the one ah, <laughs> thanks nice. Sander yeah. that's a quick uh, boom <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's a Sander in the background uh, you know yeah. s- sneaking nice. in the picture but anyway so so yeah when 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 I got the sub um, to work here um, and I put it back in the in the in the mix you know like uh, back in, in rotation of the synths I'm using. Uh, I took, completely rediscovered it. It's it's. Um, mm. uh, I saw a question earlier coming by. What is your favorite bass synth? Well, for me, that's the one. It's it's incredibly uh, powerful in the bottom end. You know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's very round. Very, uh, you can make it sound almost like an acoustic bass. You know, it's got so many uh, subtle variations in in. Mm. Um, how you know although it's like very very simple waveforms you know it's just a square and a saw wave and a sinus wave and but if you combine them and you you kind of have you know things sort of um influence it a little bit you know you can you can get incredible um pure and very powerful uh bass sounds out of it it's there's nothing that goes as deep as that one it's crazy and uh, i never knew it i never that, yeah that, yeah what you're saying yeah, yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, you know, if everybody knows the sound of a one hundred and one, it's kind of in in. You know, if you if you listen to it superficially, it's kind of in that range. You know, like the old Roland uh, synth sounds. But this one goes so much deeper. It's it's just incredible. It's really beautiful. Nice. Um, I I wasn't ever selling it though. I mean, I, it's it's just <laughs> got. It's, it, it was just um, you know. Uh, less used than when I first got it and I, I thought I kind of exhausted it but now I'm uh, you know I'm here it's been it's been in in the setup for most of the stuff that I did here mm. yeah I think so long as I got space to hang on to stuff I'll probably and yeah depending on how long we end up uh, sitting on our asses in um, in our maybe. studios um, <clears throat> maybe that's uh, kind of emergency rent payments um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think uh, there will be a time when i'll get to get back into sort of the the older stuff well it's compatible with what you it's it's compatible with what you're running i mean the pro one is a cv input right uh i think so CV and gate and a filter yeah, input. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Pro One is 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 amazing. I mean, the modulation on on the on the left side of the panel, you know, the, mm. ma- the kind of matrix, kind of, it's you know, it's it's crazy. Very yeah. versatile. 
very good for drum sounds too. Yeah, it's uh, you can. I made lots of drum samples with it. I used to use it with um, my favorite part of it is the uh, audio input. You can use it to trigger the sequences. So, um, so I used to play with a with a drummer who. Um, we'd just sort of mic up the snare and the kick and he would play sort of uh, add two of them and it'd play a sort of bass line with his kick pedal and uh, kind of melody stuff with the snare just put two sequences in on each of them and he'd kind of uh, he was kind of a jazz drummer Jim um, Jim the jazz drummer <laughs> yeah jazzy Jim I never called him that jazzy Jim <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was uh, super fun, kind of to integrate into live setups like that, into band setups. But it's um, interesting. Yeah, uh, it's interesting how you um, you just said audio in, and that made me think about um, what we spoke about, Joachim, after the after the other not really session about running a, a a known drum computer like a six or six or an eight oh eight through. Uh, like the, the the main output through a whole um, different um, effect box and then see what it oh, does uh, and how you can well get yes it. Uh, separate outputs you mean because yeah yeah, yeah that's or I use or, or the, yeah yeah. Or, yeah whatever I don't yeah I use, I, I just what's what I do quite a bit you know so separate out all the instruments and build like a whole chain of stuff like whatever, with yeah, pedals yeah. or filters or whatever or EQs um, and then um, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't mind if it sounds recognizable, but you, depending on what what you put in your chains, you can you can make it sound completely unlike uh, you know the signals that are coming in. And um, it's a very quick way of think, getting things going, you know, because you you have these uh, these chains which are very you know all all by themselves they're very simple chains, um, but the the variety of of um, you know the range, the sonic range you can get out of it of each one is is just incredible if you if you choose the right elements in the chain. So you can by just a, a few uh, tweaks, you can you can completely change the sound in into a completely diff- different direction. You know, so it's um, yeah. it's like just extending the parameters of 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 the instrument. You know, because I mean these old Roland boxes they have some parameters, but they're very limited. You know, the range isn't so big. And uh, you know, instead of having them modified and you know drilled into, <laughs> I'd rather do it on the outside. And <laughs> and uh, um, um, yeah, but it's again, it's about uh, the speed at which you can work like that. You know, um, I mean, if you have a, an analog rhythm or an octatrack, you can manipulate the sounds beyond recognition very quickly. Also inside the box, but that's not possible with these old. Um, drum machines you know so um yeah and i like the process you know just have because the, the programming is very quick you know um you know you can you can get things going very very quickly because it's just a very limited sequencer um but then you have this enormous uh you know range of of uh, sonic possibilities uh, with a very simple setup and it yeah i mean that that just just works for me you know is that is that what you do inside the box actually like you uh you have loads of change when you uh, when you make your drums and you you, you process your yes yeah basically you... yeah I I just um, you know, I have a lot of different things that I I know I can do to uh, 
get 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 the sound to sound how I want it to sound like yeah basically so it's it's I might put a lot on the on the one channel that I'm that's creating you know that's creating that sound and then I might bust parts of that sound to more than one bus as well depending so it's I, I can almost get into every kind of uh, part of the dynamic range and affect little little parts of it or take portions of the sound and layer those uh, just all off of one sort of sample so I mean uh, you know I, even if it it might be a samples of I, I don't like uh, this you know I, I, I big you know banks of samples I, I, I work with just a small smallish selection of sounds and I, I just know I can take that basic I just think of it in my head is it it's a waveform so I'm just manipulating it into a different shape to make the sound I want sort of thing especially with percussion I can really just force that wherever I want it to go you know I can turn a kick drum into a hi-hat or you know like yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever you do, it's just just push it with it, with it. You know, in, with it. You know, if you're working digitally, you know, you've got so many. You just keep throwing stuff at it if you wanted. You know, to to, to another EQ and another EQ and another, until you've just forced something that was a low frequency <laughs> sound to a high frequency sound. If you, yeah, you know, right. If as you long wanted. as your computer holds it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I just know I can if I hear a, a, definitely with percussive sounds if I'm. If I hear something, I know I, my brain just starts working out how I can m make that, you know, recreate that sound. So it's like sounders, just sounders, just basic sound design, really. So that's. Do you use do, do you use mainly um, uh, the the built-in plugins, or do you have any favorite? No, yeah, I lose some of the built-in. I'm using a retro synth on Logic quite a lot, but I've got uh, some Korgs stuff like this. Um, I'm really into it. So just the, the, the MS20, I'm really exploring that at the moment. You know, but again, it's it's that. Sometimes I'm using that, and then I, but I'm adding stuff to it as well. So it no longer, it, and then it, it, I'm combining it with other other plugins to and creating my own. You mean layering them? Not necessarily layering them, but I might be. I might use an external arpeggiator or or or, 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 or other effects to to make it more dirty. You know, dirty it up or send portions of it to buses to make it sound dirty. So as if I'm pushing it through chains of processing to make it sound more than it just. The synth on its own, or I can it, yeah. try and work within the actual parameters of the synth, and then once I've got the sound, yeah, then I'm processing it more. Yeah, I do that quite a lot actually. If I'm trying to make things richer or you know more textured, so I've got different kind of um, yeah methods I use to do that. And I, like I say, I might just take small portions of whatever's being generated and just um, process that small uh, small portion of the sort of the dynamic range you know I just push a, a bit an EQ a small part of the EQ through through a bus you know if that that makes sense mm, yeah yeah so I, I'm, I'm you know just slice it I'm just getting this make a noise and then I'm just go, going into it into dynamics of it in in detail in a way to get it how I want it to sound. So you're a sculptor. 
yeah yes yeah. absolutely yeah I, I, that's <laughs> how i always see it it's like sculpting yeah like, yeah 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 right. and it might be something to do with my mastering yeah. background uh working in an eq sense everything's i'm all i, I and especially when i was learning at, at how to you know when you you first starting and you know, you're not the, the, when I first started you know the guy the, the 20 20 or 30 years experience in the room next door would shh I'm doing something delicate or, or they put like half a dB mm. on some part of the thing and I'd be like I can't hear that you mm. know what you're doing you know like you, you're just making it up you're pretending you can hear that <laughs> whereas now I can hear it you know I just mm. just put I can put you know or, or less on the, and I can pick out where it is because it's just your ears get trained so I guess going through that process really got me keyed into to that. Mm. I, I guess right. it's presumably similar for for everyone, but no, it's, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny how um, half a dB on or off can can be the difference between something sounding very wrong and very right. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's um, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. I mean, if if you would uh, have somebody next to you with untrained ears and you would say, "Listen to this," and you know, listen to the difference, it wouldn't you know make sense. But it actually could mean uh, to myself, you know, the difference between uh, something shitty sounding and something sounding exactly right. You know? Yeah, totally. I definitely didn't. You know, I wasn't sold on it. You know, at 19 years old. You know, I, I, it takes a, it takes a little bit of time to, like you say, to train it's train your ears, you know, and really understand what's going it's on. It's just when something is sticking out, which is not pleasant, you know. That, that mm-hmm. is that that is, you know what I mean? Like it has a ring or some some kind of yeah. um, problematic area or something that it just doesn't feel right, you know, in in the context of everything else. Yep. Yeah, yeah, in the context mm-hmm. of everything, or or it's just eating away a lot of energy from a certain uh, area. Mm. And just just dipping that little half a dB or something could could make a world of difference. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you when you master? Do you do that inside the box as well? Um, I prefer to take it to a studio and sit with a, a, a second pair of ears if I can, if I've got that right. luxury. But or, or I I can do basic mastering in inside. It depends, you know what. But you can't really get. I mean, you unless you've really got some professional stuff. I don't know. There are plugins where you can get level and and. But I don't know. It is nicer, isn't it, to get it to just at least let, let it see some sort of analog, <laughs> you know, to to get it out of there and in in again. You know, it's uh, it's nice to be able to do that. So if I if I can, you know, if it's if I can, I prefer it to be mastered. In a professional right yeah and the second pair of this the second opinion kind of thing yeah, about yeah. It is, yeah although yeah like i say i'm not as bothered as i may have once been but it's just experience but um i think the second opinions are more important yeah, than the... because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees you know and it, it you can get to that stage totally. yeah yeah, you get some some if some elements maybe uh, something that you are very proud of or uh, are attached to, you know, emotionally or whatever mm-hmm. when you were working on it and then you're not le- you're you're not capable of clearly making the trade-off, you know. Okay. Uh, because because you might you might um 
yeah, you might not be uh, so radical to sacrifice something that you, yeah, you, you know, end up getting it too it, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But, yeah. but actually, having said that, I, I, I've also been in a situation which I'm sure you have when you've got back from you've put your sort of trust in got back and then sort of like something's niggled you for and you thought actually i'm not happy with what they've done and the track's gone out i've actually been you know i've had stuff that i think actually you know i've listened to my version like say a, a year later and thought actually that uh, my unmastered version's nicer mm-hmm. you know, uh so you know they, they don't know everything <laughs> it's not it's not easy finding the right master mastering yeah. studio that is compatible with type of music you make i find it, i yeah. find it not so easy like, it does help if they they need to be experienced definitely because uh, it's like we're saying it's one of those things it's so delicate sometimes you know it seems like they're kind of developing a style of their own mm-hmm. which um well, to, it, to be yeah. to be honest, I think uh, to be honest, I think a mastering engineer shouldn't really have a sound. You know, I mean, there there are mastering engineers that do, um, and that's great. You know, but uh, to be honest, I, th- um, I, yeah, in my mind, it's more like a technical thing. You know, you make sure the levels are okay, the tracks have a. Uh, if you do an album or an EP, that the the levels are you know make sense uh, between the tracks and that there is not anything, you know, you know, um, you know, uh, yes, like annoying or, or something that hurts, or even if you're mastering for vinyl, you know, you should make sure the, the, you know, all the technical yeah. things are taken Basis. care of, like monitoring down the bass and roll off the highs a bit, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people are now kind of having issues with the industry standards, you know, that some, I mean, we've we've already kind of survived the maximizing uh, <laughs> um, carnivalesque kind of loudness that was going on for a while. But the volume find, was, huh? Sorry, the volume was. You mean? Mm. Yeah, but like 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 when everything that came back was just a, a block. Mm. There was no mm. dynamic anymore. That kind that that kind of stuff is kind of behind us. But I find it like for my labels, I have to sometimes switch because it, it just doesn't make any sense anymore at some point either they're very busy or it's they all doing the same kind of trick that works for a typical kind of sound and then for another type of music it doesn't work like it's it like i think i've i've worked with so many different kind of mastering studios not for my own music yeah also for my own music but most of the time for the the people, artists on my label uh, labels, but it's just it, it's extraordinary how um, how much influence it has on the on the music. I'm a bit I'm a bit shocked there. Jochen, you say like, oh, I shouldn't have a a character, but I think in 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 a lot of a lot of times it has too much of a of a character. Like when you get a track back and the whole tonality of your snare drum is completely different, and you're like. Okay, you obviously you've corrected a frequency there, but like there's pulling and pushing to a certain extent that has way too much influence on on the on the sonic on yeah on the basically on how it how it should sound you know like I don't think that a master person should 
start to push or pull so much that you have a completely different pitch snare drum in the end of the day. I think that's a point where you feedback the artist and say, like, listen, I think there might be some trouble in the mid-range or mid-high range, and I have to push it or, 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 or take it down. But sometimes I get stuff back, and I'm like, this is, it's a whole different track, you know? Mm. I don't know if you guys have the same... Well, I mean, there, there are some some uh, some mastering engineers um, that we worked with, or because um, I've worked with loads of them, uh, and um, I mean, for, for the, the only the really experienced and talented ones can have a sound. You know, for example, um, you know uh, what what his name Stefan Betke is a, some somebody who has a real. Uh, uh, yeah, he's. I mean, his hearing must be, you know, supernatural. I don't know, <laughs> but everything that he masters sounds, you know, so well proportioned. You know, it's so well uh, balanced and and uh, you know just perfect dynamics and and nothing hurts. You know, everything is smooth and um, I don't know that that is certainly a sound. You know, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I I also think that. Um, you should just pick the one that uh, understands your music, you know. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and you build a relationship with uh, with the mastering person, and um, um, you know. But it's not easy if you're releasing music from other people, and you have maybe like thirty artists on your label, and then some like this, and some like this, and to get somebody that, that masters like really natural. Then for some people it's like no, I want this and I want that, and then it's it, it just I I find that that it's a little it's a little bit too much of a mass production kind of vibe sometimes. Like you can hear that the mastering has been done very quickly, and then you can you know it doesn't really. It, it, sometimes I just wonder, like, what what kind of decision was made when I get the tracks back, and especially for other artists like. You let artists pick their 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 uh, mastering Some, engineer. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes when it's yeah. really important for them, because I always approach it from my perspective. I would like to, I would like to pick my studio if I sure. release music. Yeah. And sometimes people are okay. We're working with this, and then you write down your instructions of what it should sound like, and that's how, also how you discover other uh, ma mastering um, um, uh, studios, or when when you do a remix. And most of the time, the label has a uh, has a mastering studio picked because the original artist wants to be mastered by that uh, studio. And then you see what they do, you know. So that's that's um, a way to learn about new mastering studios. But like, if the artist has a favorite, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to cater that. I don't want to be um, deciding for them where they should master because it's so personal, you know. Who am I? I mean, unless it's really expensive, then I'm like, listen, I can't afford it, but you know. Other than that, why not? Like, you might learn something every day when you're working with new people. So, I think it's okay to have them choose. I would, I would want to do the same thing. What about mixing? Uh, I wish. What about just... mixing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean give it to other people? Giving mixing to other people is that what you mean? The mixing job? Yeah, mix downs like outsourcing. Have you I done that? Do that. <laughs> I, I never have, but uh, I've done it for other people um, a little mm. bit, and yeah, I mean it's a luxury. I would, I would, uh, I would say that's something, a part of the process that is extremely important. I've kind of 
I, I don't uh, have a problem with uh, doing it, but uh, it's, it's the kind of focused hard work at the end of a track where, you know, you kind of drive yourself a little bit mad because you've got something do, that you need do, to But do you, really se- do you really separate it that much from the, from the writing process? I mean, do you really just only think about writing? Because you know, in in some way, it's 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 kind of still you know part of the same process, right? Because you you're leveling your things as you go, right? Or I mean, there's um, a yeah, there's a a degree of it, and it depends how complicated things get. But I always try and leave myself with as as little work to do as possible at the end. In that in that sense, with mixing and. Uh, editing um but yeah uh you do do a bit as you go along but uh, i try not to get kind of sucked into kind of um the mix whilst the idea is not kind of uh proven itself to be good or not you know you're mixing mm-hmm. kind of something that maybe you don't want to use in the end perhaps or i don't know so sometimes you can just like completely pull it apart and then you're mixing it back and, you, and then you listen to a previous version you're like oh where did i go you know like sometimes <laughs> like when you're leveling during your uh, arrangement process or whatever and sometimes it sits well but you're like oh but listen i have to be careful of this frequency and this and then you start to push and pull and then the end result sounds unnatural do you know what i mean like you're like oh, yeah, I'm, happy with, I'm, I'm happy with the mistakes that i made because it sounds better for some reason i'm terrible at mixing but you know the more i the more i the more knowledge i gain the the, the more it kind of yeah i start to get too pragmatic about it and then mm. i seem to lose the um dynamic of the of the track so i would love to have somebody do it for me who's really yeah. understand. It's also, well, you know the thing to be said for it, you know, yeah. like someone other, another pair you of ears. Yeah, I don't know because well, I the I, 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 I've also DJ so much that to be honest, like I've got a hearing loss. It's not a secret, you know. Like there's certain <laughs> things that I can't hear, unfortunately, because I've been DJing like for 25 years and. Nobody taught me 25 years ago that I had to put my monitors down. You know, you learn why you grow old. <laughs> and it's already too late. Last time I was at the doctor's, I'm like, I'm never coming back because they're gonna, they're gonna give me such a hard time. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's all, the damage has already been done. You know, so how bad is it? Yeah, not good. It's not good. But I don't know if oh, you, dear. have you, have you? Like, I mean, to be fair, it's years of certain clubs that don't want to adjust their sound system. Sam, you monitoring. might probably know what I'm talking about, you know, and then you get you get trouble in certain frequencies because it's just... You know, I think it's also the, the ears are getting exhausted from traveling too much. It would be very interesting to now have them tested after not tra- flying and traveling, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe some of it has come back, yeah. And let me tell you one thing. I I used to be a big drinker and that fucked up my ears you know pretty bad and i stopped that yeah. and only on the on the fun occasion um i i like to drink a little bit but like that made a massive massive in, impact on my ears like so when i stopped drinking it's like oh i can actually wake up without my ears being all over the place so i think when we were young and 
we didn't really care about the future and we were partying and in the middle of it like yo and then all of a sudden you're like jesus now i've got a tinnitus and mm. this is happening and this is happening you know i don't know if anybody has the same problems but i i definitely have it so i have um i have a i have a permanent tinnitus but uh, since about 20 years i think but uh to be honest if i don't think about it it's not there you know it's not and, there, yeah. yeah yeah and and also um we were just talking about um a trained hearing you know um i i have absolutely no problem at all um judging uh, what i'm doing sonically in in the studio so I, I i you know i can still fully hear everything um i i don't know i mean it's of course your hearing deteriorates you know while you get older but um i still feel very much capable of um judging what i'm doing i don't have uh, it's not it's not bothering me in writing music or or no, listening no, no, to music no, or yeah no, or I, listening I, to music I, or mixing down music at all but you, you know? know when you're when you're getting really really fanatic about like getting the best result and and um and then you're like oh it would be so nice if it would sound like a specific kind of record that you know that has been mastered in a amazing way it's like oh I'm, oh but yeah never you know? never compare your no, never compare your your studio <laughs> with mastered records never do that you no, know that's I just... know, but like like in, in terms of like getting the end result and there are references that you want to like like oh if if only my record could sound like this there's no harm in in dreaming you know like mm. what is it that i don't like, think i'll ever it stop it doesn't matter do. how good a record i make i'll never stop thinking that <laughs> Yeah, well, I always you. think I always I always hear so, uh, something else and think oh, how have they done that now you know like I'm, <laughs> I'm always something for me to learn I, I don't think I'm yeah. ever going to be quite yeah. happy. But yeah, and if you would ask them, they would they would tell you I have no fucking clue how I did that. Yeah, pure <laughs> luck. Yeah, yeah, pure luck, pure luck. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But on, on the mixing thing, uh, personally. Uh, it's to me it's uh, this kind of music certainly the sort of music i'm making it's part of the expression is is my choices in the mix so i wouldn't want to have another engineer mix it because it's 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 then it's not it's like like well, i was having this conversation before and uh, with chris from token said he goes imagine what the bells would sound like if someone else if you'd ever had a th another engineer you know it wouldn't it wouldn't sound like the bell so, which I thought was a good way of putting it, it's uh, it, to me it's a person, it's a personal expression with this particular music. I was making uh, like more of a pop record, maybe. I, you know, it's nice to have a, an, another input. And some of the some of the stuff I did with Underworld, we have we've got this. Uh, Rick's got another guy that there's all we're all putting a little bit of ideas in and doing very fine tunes to it. So it's nice to have that input but for just the sort of raw stuff that i'm making for dance floors i prefer to personally just to, for it to all be my my decision but do you ever look back on your music and you just go like oh i wish i wish i would have done that differently you know what i mean no i mean um, not me i mean no. i mean you, of, of course you can think about it I, I it doesn't annoy me you know it's it's of course if if uh if you would do the same piece of music uh you know uh, later you know you would have you would interpret you would have it done in it a different differently. yeah you would have done yeah. it yeah and any any moment other than the moment when you made it would would have made the track into something different or sounding yeah. different yeah. but on the on on having other people mix your stuff i i usually 
uh, it would be very difficult for me because um, in you know during during the the process of uh, you know layering things and 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 you know sort of stacking things on top of each other to build like a sound you know like a, a track. Um, some of the effects that you really like or really uh, that really get you going about this sound that you are producing um, uh, might not even be uh, the individual sound might not be might not be it's just a combination be, of, of exactly yeah how it sounds work together yeah, and if you if you if you if you even you know change the levels between two or three sounds a little bit the whole effect or the whole groove yeah, or the whole um, you know intention changes you know and yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think if, uh, yeah, if you leave that up to another person, they might not even, they might not no, what even. What it should sound like. No, yeah, what you, what you had in mind, really what what was, what was the, the exact, exact thing you were thinking while you were building yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's funny how sound works like that, you know. Sometimes yeah. it's, um, um, you know, you take out one little piece that is not even that loud and it, the whole thing falls apart, you know. And, um, uh, yeah, so, um, so I think, you know, sounds help each other being or, or you know sitting in the right place or they they help each other uh achieve a certain effect you know and uh or a certain thing you're aesthetic or mood you're after and and once you uh, destroy the balance uh then you lose that thing you know that you that you got that got you going in the first place so i think um, yeah, for me, I haven't tried it. You know, I, I might as well try it sometime, but but I haven't done it so far. <laughs> no, but I mean yes, that's that's I, the thing. It's so it's such a delicate balance between. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's so delicate. You know, why uh, you are excited about this piece of music or piece of you know the the work that you've been doing? Uh, it might just be completely gone if you if you give it to somebody else for mixing. I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's true though. I, I, I mean, you know. Apart from the, I mean, um, we can all think about diff better setups than we currently have, you know, like if you have like, a, uh, I don't know, like 32 Neve preamps and, you know, if you would have it to your disposal, disposal you would, of course, uh, you know, um, you know, have more sort of sonic sculpting possibilities, you know, um, or, you know, like... I don't know what you, you name name your favorite outboard. I don't know, but um, um, I think um, yeah. I don't. I, I the reason for me to give it something, give something away to somebody else was to uh, to have access to gear that I don't have myself. That's to, that would be the only reason that I want a certain sheen or a certain you know vibe from a compressor that I don't own or something you know. But other than that, I um, can pretty much. Get everything done. I think it has by... to be some somebody that r relates to your music, or that you know, or that you've worked with, or that you start a good good work working relationship with that understands exactly what you're doing. Yeah. It could work. It could be beneficial. But <clears throat> what I, I completely relate to what you're saying. Like, if if one sound is made is made from three different like channels influencing each other, and then if you would have to bounce them separately, and they would have to correct certain frequencies and then completely pull out the life of it then it makes no sense it's a i think it's a very delicate thing i've never tried it, but sometimes i dream of the perfect mix and I think oh how how would it be if somebody else would mix it 
But then what you're saying makes complete sense and then makes me want to throw my thought overboard and be like, hey, you know, whatever. You know, I, think, I, mean. I think Ashley's right that it is like a big part of especially, yeah, like techno and music that's played on big high fidelity sound systems. Um, production is, is the, I mean, that's the, like timbre is the thing that's evolving uh, in music really. Like that's the, the thing that defines an era rather than rhythms or melodies. It's uh, so it's sort of, yeah, it is a key part of your sound, but I mean, I think I work a bit, li- a little bit like, um, uh, like, uh, Steffi and, uh, like recording sort of multi-track jams and, and then kind of like having to go into that and edit, I'd love to give somebody just 15 minutes of multi-track and then, you know, you get sent back. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You, like that, that would, uh, that would be kind of, you know, but, but in terms of my ideal or, process or, collaboration. Or in terms of mixing? You yeah, just, just of, like, there's some good bits in that, I think. Um, and then... <laughs> Maybe uh, yeah, maybe the, the there's a good bit towards the end. Um, oh, I would love to do that like, with you. But you know, see. But that's see almost a producer's. That's, that's like almost a, a producer's thing. job, you know, like yeah. a pointing pointing out the pointing out the the strengths of something in in something you've done. It's more like a producer's role than 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 a mixing engineer's role, right? Or a remix role, maybe. I guess I'm just being really lazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, you, you know, <clears throat> the, you get your process really sort of fluid and quick, and then you think like, "I'm going to make so much music now with this super slick process," and you do, but not all of it's great, and you know, you're quick. So yeah, you, but isn't isn't the struggle it, wonderful, so. man? <laughs> it's got oh, to yeah. be some kind of struggle going on, yeah, right? I mean, it's so <laughs> that you're saying this. That's there so has, cool. but optimizing is, you know. I can I can see from uh, from your studio you're into optimizing, um, and getting you know getting things as sort of convenient as possible at least. But I can um, I I mean I can I know a little bit how your head works, Sam. So maybe it's also something that you might get lost in or something like with so many options, and then somebody might kind of simplify it. Is that what you're saying? Like you're like oh take that part, put it there, and then this yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, it makes sense. I think uh, I think I'm good at sort of having fun in in the moment, and then the kind of after the after the event analysis, where it's sort of I can really be like, oh, this is good. Oh no, this is really this is really not good. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> in in the space of in the space of listening to the ten minutes that you just recorded, and yeah. you know, and it's that kind of thing for the right person is super easy to be like, oh, this bit. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Just cut this I think out. I think you're talking yeah, about producing. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about the sort of really warped emotional relationship you have with the the things that you record and how a totally clean cold analysis from somebody you trust that you know is into what you're doing, I guess, can can have probably a much better for me at least someone could have somebody like that has uh, a much better um, sort of perspective for me, like uh, 
yeah, I don't know how if you guys have your have your uh, sort of self um, sort of judgment in check or <laughs> I, I've yeah. I've learned to be quite instant with that, you know. I uh, I, I I've no problem dismissing th- something at all um or been been something um but and when some and also by also judging some when something is worth keeping you know that is that is uh mm. that's co- totally instant with me um i i, I know uh the, the second i hear something whether it's something i want to continue yeah. working on or that i want to use or uh if it's useless for me mm. um yeah i mean uh yeah, I mean that is that is a very very instant thing for me, very very quick. Um, so I never never spend ages um, thinking about it or you know doubting things or anything. It's it's either yes or no. Yeah, that's a good uh, mindset. It has to yeah. it has to sit right, and then and and then um, then you can move on. Like I used when I was younger, I used to loop and loop and it would drive me nuts and now I always say to myself I do like when I go into the studio I do three jams a day and when it sits I, I multi-track it and then I put it aside and then do something else and then leave it for a while and then come back to it and then I can't remember what I've done and then I put it on and it's like yes or it's like mm, okay boom <laughs> I, I, I do record everything because sometimes that's the way I collect good, um, good, um, like starting points of loops that I later do recycle or not recycle, but use for something different, you know, and, um, it kind of builds up a database of recordings that you can also listen back to and say like, Oh, this was actually an amazing bass sound. I'm going to grab that, put it back into a sampler and recycle it. And then use it, but I only do this with stuff that I haven't released, like loops that haven't been into any song, but just like leftovers. But like I used to sit with a sit with a loop way too long until it would suffocate me, and then I would lose all my yeah all my fun with it. So I'm now making really short sessions, tight and short sessions, and when I like what's going on, then I'll multi-track in them pack it away and then do another one. And it's it's a really fast workflow because you don't get bored of what you hear very fast, you know. I like to kind of keep it fresh and not overdo it too much. So. Yeah, a lot of people work like that. Uh, it seems uh, this jamming away... Uh, uh, you know, the stuff a jam, a fiddle, fiddle, jam, jam, and then you have all this this big piece, and then you, then it gets kind of condensed down to a track eventually. Which, uh, hmm. like I said, I was saying it was at the beginning. You know, you just, I'll do that for ten or fifteen minutes. Stop, stop. You know, that's enough. Uh, you know, I I don't I can work with that. So you sort of it's interesting, but it's something I've never really even played with because I like I can't. I can't go on for that long, but it's, I guess it's probably quite fun once you actually get get a flow going. I would have thought. I think I did it more in the early days. I used to just record to dat, you know, or something, and mm. uh, and play with a mixer and and let something flow out that way. But I, I haven't done like that for years since uh, since I, uh, you know, had, had to restrict it the way I was working. 
so I was sort of forced into it. But it's interesting how a lot of people I I've seen seems that more people work the way you just described than the way I work, or at least I know more people that work the way you describe. I don't know a lot of people that work how I work. How do you I work then? Just you know, I just I, I have an idea comes, you know that that those sort of ideas. Once that's there, I'm running with it in terms of it. It's, get, it's getting drawn out into a track fairly rapidly. As soon, as soon as there's some idea or some synth or some baseline that I like, or I'm, I want to work with, I might um, do some kind of um, you know natural sweeps and play with it a bit. But it's I won't I won't I won't be going on for 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 you know long periods with that. I'll have something will come together fairly quickly and after that I'm running with it in terms of arranging and then yeah where I where I could tend to get bogged down is where is oh you know fiddling with details but you know I, I, I sometimes you were somewhat one of them someone saying at the beginning uh you know you, you keep going back to something but and it can get just like a nightmare and is the best result sometimes something that's come together fairly quickly but uh, i've actually found i could uh, sometimes i have really just gone back to something and back to something and back to something but and I, I have actually been pleased with the result at the end or i've done something that's come together quickly but i've i've managed to get results both ways for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. but i know it can it can get mm. you can get bogged down in details you know and i have been you know I've, I've I've also been in that situation where you've spent forever on something and you end up it just ends up still sitting there you know and I've wasted 50 hours on something <laughs> yeah, yeah but isn't there always like a track or two it's a learning on, process on an, on an album. it's never a waste of time though yeah no exactly yeah it's always there's you've learned something along the way yeah I want to say that there's always like a track or two on an album that you that you had had a little bit difficulties in like laying it down the way you want it, and then mm -hmm. I, that's always high. And there's always one track that's like, oh, I can't get it right, and that that ends up being the most popular track on the album. <laughs> <laughs> you can never tell, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This hooks into this uh, question that I wanted to. Uh, uh, try earlier from uh, Jesper or Jasper Music. Hello, Jasper. Um, do we do that? You know, do we take uh, tracks that we've just written to the club and uh, adjust it afterwards? Personally, I never really do. No. To be honest. Well, <laughs> what are you saying? That they're perfect when you get them as, you, you, as soon as you get them out there? No. You're you usually happy with the results is what I mean before you even, you even take you start playing them once you start playing them you, you no because a club a club is not really the uh the, good the final judging factor for me because okay. every sound system is different uh yeah it 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 can it, i mean i trust my own monitors more than um a random club sound system i know that there are some clubs that i know the system uh very very well um I might sneak it in there, you know, but I I don't I don't need it as part of the process to decide whether a track is finished, um, you know, to 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 test it out in a club, and that's not something I, I usually do. I yeah I, um, 
Yeah, so I, I, I'm not saying it, it's it, it's perfect, you know, but um, no, it, it, it is what it is. It is yeah, what it is, sure, you know what I mean? You're happy with yeah. what, what, what yeah. you're getting out yeah, in that way. Mm. So, so do you do that? Do you take your tracks out? I've been asked a lot in, in interviews, like, it's like, do you, do you take your track into a club to see what the reaction is from a crowd? And I'm like, that hasn't, that, me making music has nothing to do with what I do as a DJ. Like if mm. it fits in my sets, it's great. But if it doesn't fit, it doesn't bother me. Like it never yeah. gets to see the daylight before it's on a. Came back from from mastering. I never play anything out before it's been mastered. It just it's irrelevant for me if it works on the dance floor or not. Like it's it's a, I, I don't understand that question. Like I well, definitely would, <laughs> if, I if the reaction's good, I think it's a, a positive. I, I definitely. Yeah, I'm but what if you had a bad crowd on that day and you're playing? Oh your no, yeah, I mean, and I like, don't mean with like... everything. Yeah, yeah, that that's not going to agree. It's not going to put me off whether I like the track or not. But if, yeah, true. if you do happen to start playing something that you you've done, and then and you're like, that's working every time. It's quite a nice uh, gauge uh, on that. If you're getting some good reaction, you know, it's. If you felt good about it before you played it, and then other people are feeling good about it, it's just a nice sort of well, test, like a litmus test. But it doesn't yeah. mean I would take that as a, a, a gauge against any other stuff I was making. Mm. You know, I'd still. Yeah. It's just a nice gauge. It doesn't. It's not a, a vital for every track I make. You know, but it's um, you know, if if especially if it's a. Uh, sort of like a you know you think you you might have a kind of something that's going to be popular i don't know uh, it's nice to play it you know <laughs> to test it i mean i think it depends on the type of music you're making as well doesn't it mm -hmm. mm. yeah exactly it depends what you're sort of trying to achieve i guess Okay, so we're uh, nearing two hours. Uh, don't want to be wasting your entire evening. <laughs> um, I want to uh, point out to everybody who's watching that we have a have a Discord server. Uh, the link sh should be somewhere in the description of the video, and uh, I will be there for the next hour or two uh, to hang out. And if there's anybody who um, who wants to uh, ask more questions or wants to hang out there and chat, uh, you're welcome to join. Uh, same goes for the guests. If you want to join and, and hang out, hang about, that's cool too. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, I guess um, unless anybody has something to ask or say now in this chat, um, thanks everybody for, uh, for hanging out. Cool. Yeah, thanks for... Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us around your yeah, some place, really interesting your stuff. Place. Every every time I learn so many new things, you know, uh, talking to um, two colleagues, it's great. Yeah, me too. Okay, thanks. well, thank you guys. Um, okay. yeah, you too. Yeah, bye everyone. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Yeah. Ciao, ciao. Bye, bye. Bye. <laughs>